And he's funny. Time for the show. We live in a divided world, divided religiously, politically, and economically. Oftentimes in our world, we want to run away from tough conversations that divide us about grief, pain, and loss. We want to avoid topics like shame, guilt, and pride. We'd rather escape to our phones instead of engaging in real conversations. I know this because I do this. So I created the Winter Faith Podcast. The Winter Faith Podcast is focused on creating conversations to promote spiritual and emotional growth through faith, apathy, and everything in between. So let's talk to each other. Yet more importantly, let's listen to each other. Let's continue the conversation. My name is Andy, and I have Winter Faith. Some days I didn't have enough physical, emotional, spiritual energy to walk myself, but I felt like people were on either side of me, dragging me, carrying me, letting me limp with them toward light. But um, it's just a lot of those opposite words that I don't believe. Mm-hmm. That faith is faith if there's not doubt. It can't right. be done. We choose to be people of faith, and it's not a one-time choice. We choose it repetitively. Yep, absolutely. Those were the words of my guest today, Beverly Ross, who runs the Jenny's Hope Grief Center in Decatur, Texas. And I'm going to play the rest of this interview. I hope you guys enjoy this. This is part two of my interview with Beverly Ross, the counselor, the spiritual director, the mom and teacher that she is and i hope you enjoy this episode keep your social distancing stay six feet away from people wash your hands follow all the directions everybody else is following let's stay home and beat this coronavirus and uh, while we do that uh, you can stay home and listen to part two of this podcast and if you haven't listened to part one uh, just encourage you to go to last week's episode and listen to part one with Beverly Ross. All right, let's get into it. How how long has the grief center been going? We opened it in the fall of eighteen. So fall we of eighteen in our fifth session right now. I think it's our fifth session right now that we're doing, and it has been. Ah, uh, I had a counseling center. I have a nonprofit counseling center in Decatur, Texas. We're in Wise County, is why it's called Wise County Christian Counseling. Not that I'm the wise one. <laughs> in Wise County, um, this is so beautiful. In that, the day before Jenny went in the hospital, I opened Wise County Christian Counseling in 2006. I uh, didn't see myself growing. I just wanted to have a counseling practice here, nonprofit. Okay. Um, February 3rd of 2010, I hired my first counselor to come to work with me because my caseload was so big. Okay. Jenny went in the hospital the very next day and I had no clue what was about to happen. Hmm. And so my sweet friend, it was a friend I'd worked with in North Dallas. I trusted her and she was able to keep Wise County Christian Counseling going while I got out. And I was out for several months it took me a while to come back in. 
because I didn't want to, what I, it was really to protect my clients because what I was afraid I would do is, are you kidding me? You call that a problem. Let me tell you what a problem is. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, just right. I could gather my own emotional strength to set with people in pain. Um, the place started growing around me. Counselors literally knocking on my door. We had a full counseling service. We have play therapists all the way to geriatric. Uh, I'm, next week, we have our 14th counselor that will be joining us. In that, I do a lot of fundraisers, a lot of meetings with people. And it was probably, it was probably at the end of 2016, I hosted a brunch for w women on staffs at churches, uh, secretaries, children's pastors. And, you know, if you were a woman on staff, we had a brunch. And I was up listening and we were sharing some ideas and figuring out ways that we could all work together. And there was a youth minister that said something like she turned to another woman beside her and said, you know what? We need a grief center here in Wise County. She wasn't even talking to me. And it was like, she spoke it straight to my heart. And I'm like, yes, we do. And so I talked to my board and the next year I stood on the stage at our fundraiser in front of 300 people and said, I'm going to open a grief center. And the name of it's going to be Jenny's Hope. Mm. Hope is her favorite word. And it was, the crowd broke out with applause. <laughs> I turned to walk off the stage and I stood behind a column going, what on the face of this earth that I just, <laughs> I have no clue how to open a grief center. Yeah. And what, what is a grief center? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start there. Title <laughs> that. What is a grief center? Because none right. of it. But you know what? When I was standing behind the column and I was going, oh, Lord, what did I just do? The Lord's words into my soul were, watch me. Hmm. And people frequently say to me, man, the Lord really answers your prayers. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's not get this mixed up. I don't even know how to pray this stuff. I did not pray that I would have a grief center. Somebody said it. I just, my prayer is that I will line up behind the Lord what he wants me to do and I will follow him into the unknown waters. I, my, my face is turned just following him and then the stuff happens. So I went to the NAGC that summer, the National Alliance for Grieving Children. I was going to try to figure it out. I worked at a place where I did counseling before in North Dallas. They had a grief center. And uh, I thought, well, let me meet with them. Let's figure this out. So what we do, I run several adult groups. All of our grief services are totally free. We take care of wow. those totally free. Um, on Monday nights right now, we have Jenny's Hope meetings. And for nine consecutive weeks, we start at age four or five. And children meet in three to four or five groups by age with peers. There are facilitators in each group that have a grief story too. And we have a woman that was teaching school, teacher of the year, etc. a very popular teacher here in town, uh, in our, that gave up her job teaching to direct Jenny's Hope. And so she is full time on. Her husband was on my board. He got off my board so Devin could come on staff with us. And she writes our curriculums and directs Jenny, oh, so on Monday nights, we have children whose parents have died in unspeakable ways. Mm. We have children who have buried both their parents. Mm. We have children who buried one and the other parents incarcerated. Um, yeah. 
we have children that will not, we cannot put up pictures of them or video of them because they don't want someone in their family to find them. But what we do for that two hours on Monday nights is we hold sacred space with these children and we give them activities to do. We make a memory box every session that we, you know, every nine week session of things that they can put from their special person, but it's a place that they can remember. We do very age appropriate activities that children mm-hmm. begin to understand when most of our adults don't understand hmm. what death is and what it's about. I run an adult group during that time, but we're very clear that the adult group is not for them necessarily. Now this is a side product. Mm-hmm. It's not for them to deal with their own grief. I invite them into another grief group to do that. But on Monday right. nights, our adult group is to help their children develop the language around. Wow. So is there, um, Man, I mean, obviously that's incredible, incredible work, you know, to, to probably just to, I mean, just to witness that every week alone has got to be incredible. What are, what are, I guess, you know, as we think about, as I think about um, just focusing with children, what is the age where like kids start, you know, thinking about grief or being able to, to wrestle and deal with that? You know, it's so developmental that yeah. our children, they don't understand death. And we had a mommy that brought her young child, I think she was five years old to us, who she believed her child was uh, wishing she was dead and doing suicidal talk. Mommy had told her, dad has gone to heaven. And the little girl began to say, I want to go to heaven. And she would cry. And mommy thought, oh, she wants to die. That wasn't it at all. She just wanted to see her daddy. Wow. um, So we kind of unfold with them. One of our lessons early on, particularly with our young children, is we do an hour lesson with a lot of activities in that hour. But what is dead and what is alive? Is a rock dead or alive? Is a tree dead or alive? Mm -hmm. And we end with our special people because we need them to understand they didn't just get lost. We use that language with children. We lost daddy. Well, they believe it's the same as what if they get lost in the store. Right. Yeah. And so we listen, we listen, we hold space with, um, frequently they're very angry Mm -hmm. and our children do what's called, parentification. They become very parentified. They become the boss. They begin to take care of the grieving parent who is still alive they begin to learn, I can't talk about this with mommy because it makes her cry. Or I can't talk about this with daddy. And so they need an outlet and we're that outlet for them, you know? And then Mm -hmm. we teach them tears are not bad. You're not Mm -hmm. in trouble as mom cries. Mm -hmm. We we hold some space with that. Uh, And we do, we do more projects around the year. This last year is my very first time I've ever celebrated day of the dead in October, but (laughs) it's not something creepy. It took me a while to understand, but it was a beautiful ceremony that the children brought pictures and their special person's favorite things and their favorite had a potluck with all their favorite food crazy foods came but it was so great and to see the pride that these children even the teenagers walked in with uh, 
carrying their special person's favorite things. But it would give them conversation starters to have at home. And mm -hmm. so ask me about children and grief. One thing that I've learned, mm -hmm. a really hard thing that I've learned, and I've learned it through watching my granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And this, you can tell I'm hesitating because it's not going to be good news for anybody listening to this, but it is, it is the way it's life. Mm -hmm. Our children grieve at every major life point. They do not grieve and learn to carry it and it's over. Malay okay. grieved her mommy when she started school the next year. Sure. The permanent sub. Everybody knew Malaya. All of a sudden, teachers aren't even looking at her. Hmm. Um, when she got her driver's license, when you go to prom, when she decorated her dorm room, when she had a right. breakup with a boyfriend, when things got hard in college, when she joined club at ACU, she joined the one Jenny was in, you know, those are all grief moments for her. They're hard moments that children we, it, they just incorporate it into their life because it becomes part of their story that they don't grieve it and they're done with it. We okay. give tools. How do you carry this at every life stage? So, but are you making a difference between like children going through that, you know, you know, losing a mom and then walking through all their life stages and it becomes a part of them, but adults it's, we are able to close it. Oh no, I, no. That that's why I don't use the word heal or not or not heal or close. But what's the what? I guess you said something like there's more of a children grieve at every life point. Like okay. I just wanted to be with Malaya when she was in prom. When she yeah. was in prom, and then when I saw she was missing Jenny, it made my heart really ache that Jenny. Oh wasn't yeah. Missing. Okay. But I, I'm having fun decorating a room her dorm room. Of course I miss Jenny doing that. But mm -hmm. I look over and Malaya is really having a grief moment doing that. And mm -hmm. it's been playing in her head for days. No, I'm not saying it hadn't mind. I was very focused on activities to be done. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know that I even like the way I'm saying this because I really <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to figure, but it is, I think you're just saying it's just different. That's very it's, different to, to, to be an adult and go through stuff. I mean, uh, my, I would say my, you know, my grandparents, my closest friends that, um, that have died, I was 30 or 28 or something. That's just totally different than being six and then getting to 28. It's just yeah. totally different. I don't know if there's even any right words or whatever. It's just totally, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the word is. It's just it's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. You so. know, but one thing it's taught me is stay curious. Don't assume you know. Right. I cannot assume I know what Malay is thinking or feeling. Right. I have to ask questions. I have to be ready when she wants to talk with me. And I have to be okay when she doesn't too. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> so, cause I, so I have two kids not to make it all about me, but I have two kids and I do those moments where um, they don't, you know, want to talk about something, but I do. Yeah. I don't like those moments. Those are, yes. those are tough. Well, and I think that is part of the purpose of community of faith mm -hmm. because we set them up. I remember as a, as a teenager, 
my parents had young married people in our home all the time. Yeah. It's what they did on purpose, but what they really did is set me up to be with other adults that would say what my parents would teach me, but with mm -hmm. language, I don't know how that is when you're a teenager that you respect people in their twenties more than you do people in their fifties. Yeah. I don't know. And so I think that's part of the community of faith is, is we're willing to let other people pour into our children. Right. We trust the process. Right. Well, this is, man, there's a lot of good things and I don't know like kind of where to go from here, but I just, I guess I'm really inspired by the grief center and how that, you know, I didn't even know it specifically. Is it, it's specifically focused on young um, children or 18 and under, or that's just a part of it? Well, it's just a part of it. We, okay. I love that. 18 and under, but I also have held a group for, young adults. And then I run two adult groups that are part of Jenny's Hope too. Uh, so yeah. we have a lot of grief work, grief stories, grief share. One of the things that we just, wait a minute, I just said that we share grief. I do not do grief share. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. We just came back from, um, we were able to be with the church at West Freeway in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. I took seven counselors six counselors and me with there were seven of us. Uh, that's the church that had the sh shootings on December 29th. And mm -hmm. so we went over there three consecutive Sundays and uh, each council, we had seven counselors. Each one of us were in a different life group. And uh, then I went in between multiple times to be with just the staff to help them walk out that road of traumatic grief. Yeah. And just, I mean, that's a whole nother <laughs> subject, but that's awesome that you're able that that organization, I just think that's such a need, you know, and that's, that's such a need for people to be able to have um, places to share, um, to share their grief. Um, and maybe I'll just kind of have a, a close, like when you, if you're kind of giving advice to somebody as a mom or as a counselor or, whatever role you want to play. What are the, um, yeah, maybe what are the, some of the best things you can do or say for somebody that's, that's in grief, maybe not the traumatic grief, but, but just, you know, just in a point of, of, uh, grieving, loving, um, hard at that moment. It's such a great question. It is not a time for religious cliches and that may be another podcast for a whole nother time sure shut people down and uh, it's not a good time for those it may be a good time for tell me teach me what it's like to be you tell me the story again if you want to one of the most beautiful things for us one of our friends told us we were traveling it was our first trip we took after jenny's death and he met us as we got off the plane and he said hey we just want you to know this when you want to talk about Jenny, you talk about Jenny. When you don't, you don't have to. We give you full permission to show up, be you, be where you are here. That was so precious for us. But don't not talk about her. I mean, right. even if you've never met her, I treasured listening to you talk about her at the beginning or even asking me to tell a Jenny story. It was right. a sacred space for me. And so we 
We're curious with each other. We want to know more. Uh, I have broken grief into four components, and this is how I do my own grief work, but it's also how I believe that churches need to work, walk beside people in grief. And it's physical, emotional, relational, and spiritual. I know grief is one big ball. You cannot take it apart. But the only way that I could kind of check my own spirit to make sure I was walking it out with as much health as possible was, am I taking care of myself physically? I was not prepared for the physical reaction my body had to grief. It is, our son-in-law went, had three different times he was out running and would go check his blood pressure because he knew he was having a heart attack. Grief hurts. It was painful. When you are experiencing that amount of emotion, your body doesn't know what to do with it. And so I am a proponent of getting sleep, getting exercise, drinking tons of water, uh, tapping. We've got tapping techniques we teach, giving people opportunities for deep breath, breathing in the spirit, very controlled breathing. Uh, that level of anxiety just fills the top part of the lungs. Grievers sigh a lot. We yawn a lot because for just a split second, it turns off the stress response to your body that we just have a hard time dealing with. Uh, emotionally get curious. We open every grief group, even for our youngest of children with tell us what you're feeling right now. And we usually do too. And we go through, I'm feeling confused. I'm feeling jealous. One of my friends was talking about her mommy and I want my mommy. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm feeling joy. I'm feeling happy because I remembered a fun thing I did with my mom. We just hold space for it all and try not to ever do the, really? That's what you're feeling? You know, we, we cool. That's so beautiful. I love that you know how you're feeling. And adults struggle with that too, because we're taught to be very stoic about our grief and yeah. you that is going to turn into full-blown depression. Depression and grief may look alike, but they are absolutely not the same. Wow. One healthy, wired by God to do. One means there's a cognitive distortion or a physical distortion and something's wrong. And so grief not done well can turn to depression, but it doesn't start that way. Hmm. And so we want to move through that, that emotional presence of knowing and claiming and being. And relational, be with safe people. We have also found that the more we work with our own emotion, the more I know what emotion I'm feeling, I have an outside chance of not wounding another because of it. But when we tap that emotion down, we can do more of the volcano effect. Let me say right here too, this is important, is anger is not ever a primary emotion. Okay. If you're angry, you need to get more curious about it. Something else underneath that. And then just spiritually, Give ourselves space to ask hard questions. Mm -hmm. I was told by one of my grief therapists, you need to pray that you will become content in this mystery. There are some things that you'll never get the why. And how can you continue in the, in the direction you want to go when you don't know the why? We keep walking. Seriously, I don't ask why, not to brag at all. But it's because I can't even picture getting to heaven and God even maybe telling me a reason and me going, oh, of course, now I get it. That's why I'm allowed to go up without her mommy. You know, it's right. just, I don't ask why because there's not an answer that's going to settle my soul with it. Right. But spiritually, 
I think we've got to nurture, be careful, be aware. The quote that I wrote for that 18 months after Jenny died, I was speaking in Abilene, traveling I-20, looked over, there was some parched out ground, ash, deep crevices. And when I pulled over to get gas, I wrote this, death has created for me a spiritual earthquake and left me sifting through the ash to find remnants of my faith. Oh, I remember God. I remember that you are Yahweh Jireh. You are the God who provides. Oh, I remember that you are faithful. Oh, I remember you're present, whether I feel you or I don't. Remember those things. And so we cling to what we already know. We, we get in our prayer posture. Even if words won't come out, we allow the Holy Spirit to interpret our words. But we still stay in prayer posture. Don't stop praying. Mm-hmm. But that would be important, important language that I believe elders, pastors, preachers, teachers need to use and need to work through. You know, what kind of, I, we had one elder's wife. She waited for me every Sunday morning, probably for eight years with this question. What can I pray for you this week? Mm. And I found myself so expecting it that I knew on Saturday night what I was going to ask her to pray for me or pray for Malaya. Mm-hmm. I knew her faithfulness in doing that just reminded me of the faithfulness of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we all have good friends like that. <laughs> That's one of my takeaways is just, yeah, have those safe people. That's a big, big one. And, uh, well, I love, I love all of that. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to it. <laughs> um, but I just thank you for the example that, you know, how you've, you've done, I think, really, really good things with your grief. And hopefully we can continue to teach other people to do positive things with the grief and, and, and the love. I'm going to, I think I'm going to stop just saying one and put them both together. Like you said, they're synonymous. So I love that. I'm going to take that too. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this with you. I'm so grateful and I've looked forward to it, to getting to meet you and be, be with you. I do want to just add this one little tag here. But yeah, but absolutely. About the grief of death. I want us to do a really good job focusing as people, Holy Spirit, people know that death is not the only grief producing event. And that we're able to hold space with people and recognize there are a lot, there's just a lot of pain in our churches. There's just a lot of pain in our world. And may we be gentle with people as we stand beside them and not criticize the way they're trying to figure life out. Um, may we walk beside people in pain and do it well. And um, I think that's really important when we look like Jesus doing that. The other thing I want to add is in September, that is definitely the goal. Josh and I have a book coming out. We're writing one called Hard Hope. And uh, I'm really, really excited about this book. It's going to be very, very practical. Some of the things we talked about today are are in the book. Probably everything we talked about today is in the book. Great. So we're really, really excited to have that roll off. And uh, we'll look forward to sharing it with you. Absolutely. So September of this year, what, what year are we in? <laughs> 2020. Yes. That's the goal. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. Excellent. Yeah. I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thanks.
darkness w- winter into into light i'm very mm-hmm. thank you Today's artwork was done by Dominique Frazier. The intro was done by Scarlet Fox. The music you're listening to, Josh Cleveland. And the creator and editor and producer of the Winter Faith Podcast, yours truly, Andy Frazier. Well, you did it again. You spent your time listening to my show. You probably could have spent this time playing games or binging Game of Thrones on your phone. But instead, you spent it with me, so I thank you for your time. If you haven't already, downloaded and subscribed to the Winter Faith Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't already, please leave a review on iTunes with good, bad, or ugly feedback. Also, please consider supporting the show on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. However, I do accept Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, and any other way you want to contribute to the show financially. Okay, my commercials are done. Andy, out.